Welcome to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast with your host, Mathia Ford, CEO of Renal Diet Headquarters. This is our weekly talk about how you can succeed with a kidney diet. Brought to you by RenalDietHQ.com, a website whose mission is to be the most valued resource on kidney disease that people can use to improve their health. Hi, this is Mathia Ford with Renal Diet Headquarters, and this is podcast number 12 being published on March 12th, 2014. And you can find more information in our notes on this podcast at renaldiethq.com forward slash 012. Send me an email with your questions to about a podcast to podcast at renaldiethq.com about anything you have questions about for this particular show. Okay, this week we have some very exciting things going on. Today, when this podcast is being released, March 12th, is Registered Dietitian Day. And if you didn't know what Registered Dietitian is, it's someone who goes through lots of training. I myself am a registered and licensed dietitian, but a dietitian goes through lots of schooling, lots of training um, in the realm of four years of college, regular college, we get an undergraduate degree, and then we go to an additional training of an internship. In my case, I went through the Army, and in podcast number one, I kind of explained how I became a dietitian, but I went into the Army and did my internship in the Army. It was about nine months long, and in that time, I learned about nutrition for inside a hospital. I learned about nutrition in a kitchen, and I learned about nutrition in the community, And the thing that I love is nutrition in the kitchen. So one of the things that I do every day now is I work in a hospital and I have the, I work on the nutrition in the kitchen and I serve um, the meals or I make sure the meals are healthy. And that is one of the things that brings me a great deal of pleasure. And earlier this year I had that, or not this year, but late last year, I had the opportunity to switch to a different job, which would be more community-based, and I decided initially that that's what I wanted to do, and then as the time (laughs) drew near, I went, oh, I really don't want to do that. I really enjoy the the joy and, and energy that I get out of making new recipes, making sure that the food in the kitchen in the hospital is healthy, and serving people healthy meals, even though they're sick. So just so you know, that's what I love to do. But um, registered dietitians do all kinds of things. We write books. That's something I do as well. And we also um, work with patients inside the hospital and outside the hospital to lose weight, to have healthier diets, to get their diabetes under control. And All of those things put together make dietitians just a very diverse group of people. When you meet a registered dietitian, you should realize that they're very well trained and they're very educated about a very specific topic, which is nutrition. The other thing that I wanted to talk about today, and I also I want to say happy registered dietitians day to all of the registered dietitians that I know and those that I know vicariously through this podcast or hope to know someday in the future. I appreciate that everything that each dietitian does, and I think we all try very hard to be very 
helpful to the patients that we serve. But back to the other topic, it's National Kidney Day tomorrow. So this month, March, is National Kidney Month. And then tomorrow, is Nash- March 13th, is National Kidney Day, or World Kidney Day, I'm sorry. It's World Kidney Day. And I have a <laughs> some information, a little bit of information about your kidneys, and you may not realize how hard they work, although... I think as you develop kidney disease, you start to realize how much they affect just everything that you do and everything in your body. But your kidneys keep you healthy by controlling your fluid in your body, um, making sure that you're making red blood cells, keeping your blood minerals like potassium, phosphorus, sodium balanced. They control your blood pressure. They remove the waste from your bloodstream and they help to make the vitamin D in your bones work. So last week I talked about the new nutrition labels and you're going to find out how much vitamin D and how much potassium potentially is going to happen. You're going to be able to see how much is in the food. If you're needing to increase your vitamin D intake, it will be a great way for you to do that because it'll be on your label. Problems that kidney disease can cause are things like heart disease, bones so it can draw calcium out of your bones and make them weaker you can have a heart attack you can have a stroke so blood type disorders Um, you can get anemia which I'm going to release a book soon on anemia it'll be available on kindle and in um, create space but that talks about kind of what is anemia with kidney disease it can cause kidney failure um (laughs) Diabetes can cause the kidney failure. High blood pressure, um, they can cause high blood pressure because they're not regulating blood pressure proper, properly. And they can also cause nerve damage because the buildup of wastes in the blood, if they're not um, working properly, can lead to more damage. Risk factors, things that lead you to develop kidney disease are diabetes, high blood pressure, Age, so if you're over 60, you're more likely to have um, kidney disease. And then your family history, if you have polycystic kidney disease in your family, you're probably more likely to develop that. Um, But most of these are controllable. High blood pressure and diabetes, keeping those under control are two of the best things you can do to reduce your risk of developing kidney failure. Symptoms of kidney failure are things like being tired, which can be from anemia or just from the kidney failure, difficult or painful urination, increased thirst, blood in your urine or foamy urine, puffy eyes, swelling, edema, face, hands, abdomen, any of that um, can be a symptom of kidney failure. So you want to talk to your doctor about what you need to do and if it's if you're developing kidney failure. Tests that your doctor can do to check out and see if you're sick is to do a urine and blood screen, urine albumin to creatinine ratio. And then they can check your glomerular, I can never say that right, glomerular filtration rate, EGFR. And usually what it is, is it's an estimated EGFR because they don't make you do a 24-hour urine and then bring it in. They just kind of estimate it based on formulas using your age and your race and everything else they can estimate what it should be so 
little bit about kidney disease and what causes it on World Kidney Day. And I just encourage you that if you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, or if one of your family members does, that you encourage them to make sure they know what their labs are and they know if they have protein in their urine or they know if their diabetes is not under control or if their doctor's even checking them for urine problems or the kidney failure. Know your labs. Know what can happen. So those two things aside... Um, the main topic of today is to talk about caregivers because this month has been designated by me as the caregiver month and I want to talk about and be thankful for and appreciate caregivers out there. Caregivers are a big deal. They take care of their loved ones and most of the attention is given to the person who is diagnosed with the chronic illness They're the ones who suffer the physical and emotional effects of the illness the most. However, it is important not to overlook the caregivers. Family members and friends are very affected. Caregivers can suffer their own emotional distress and have very few outlets in which to address them because, you know, oh, they're they're taking care of the sick person and you don't even realize that, you know, that's very difficult for them as well. As a caregiver, you might face new responsibilities you didn't have to deal with before. You may feel overwhelmed. You may feel isolated and alone. There'll be other times when caregiving your loved one might feel rewarding. So one minute you're feeling isolated, alone, you don't know what's going on. There, And then the next minute you feel rewarded because the doctor says, oh, the lab tests are better and things are great. And you're thinking, oh, good, I did good this month. Yay. So... Things you can do to make it easier for both of you. You might be caring for your spouse or you could be responsible for administering care to a parent or perhaps your child. No matter your circumstance, your new role is going to take some getting used to. I um, think that it's important to realize that family caregivers are almost never trained for the responsibilities in which they are suddenly faced. Most caregivers are not health care providers nor they ever anticipated the situation that they suddenly find themselves in. As a caregiver, you want to provide the best care you can to your loved one, and you feel lost, sometimes completely lost, because you have no idea what's sometimes what the doctor's even talking about. I think I want to give you today 10 tips, quick tips, to make your new role easier And then I want to talk about the new um, caregiver product that we're coming out with later this month. First of all, I want you to, a quick tip is to learn as much as you can about your loved one's medical condition. Knowledge is power. You'll feel far less overwhelmed when you understand what's going on with them and their body and how you can manage their needs. So when you understand the diabetes and you understand the things that increase their kidney failure and you understand how the potassium affects their body, read about it, read blog posts, read books, read whatever, and ask questions, write down questions, ask questions. But that's another one of my tips. Okay. Learn as much as you can about your loved one's medical condition. Number one. Number two, take breaks. You must get out from time to time and do things outside of the illness. You didn't choose the role that you are now in, and sometimes you need a mental health break in order to see to your own needs. This could be taking a walk around the neighborhood or going out with friends. 
you are going to feel completely responsible sometimes for this person, much like I remember when my daughter was born and she came home and she had oxygen and she had um, monitors on her constantly because she was born premature. And that was so stressful because I felt like I could never leave the house for about six weeks because I didn't trust anyone else to care for her. And that was a very difficult thing to learn that, yes, I could give that responsibility to someone else for a period of time, even if it was just five minutes. And obviously we're not talking about a child in this case most of the time, but even if you were talking about a child, you're probably talking about a child that is able to be cared for by another person with some instruction. So take some breaks. Number three, find support. See if you can connect with other caregivers. Knowing that you're not alone is comforting. Not only can it be helpful to talk to others so that you can gain support, you might find that giving support to others is also helpful. You may find someone you can have coffee with. You may find someone you can call on the phone but at the very least, you'll understand that you're not alone. Number four, be an advocate for your loved one. Never ignore what your loved one's doctors are telling them, but you spend time with them on a daily basis and you're closer to the situation. If you feel the need for more information or changes to care, speak up. Maybe your loved one doesn't feel comfortable saying something to the doctor or the nurse, but you can ask the question. You know when it doesn't seem right. Number five, find a stress outlet. Learn to journal, blog, crochet, read a book, whatever it is you need to de-stress. Taking care of someone else is time-consuming, and it takes a lot of your emotional energy. Try your best to find an outlet that will allow you to work off any frustration or stress. Number six, take care of yourself. You still have your own health to worry about. Don't forget that a lack of sleep, a lack of exercise, and a poor diet can have mental and physical effects on your body, just as it does on your loved one. Don't forget to take care of yourself. Number seven, help, but don't do everything for them. You're there to help them when necessary. You should try to encourage your loved one's independence. You don't want them to become completely dependent on you where They need you all the time. Through their independence, they can gain confidence and self-assurance. Put, you know, you're faced with a situation where you're suddenly required to be somewhat, they're required to be somewhat dependent on you, and that places stress on you, but it's also stressful for them probably to be in a situation where they're suddenly in need of assistance, where they may have not needed assistance before. So help them, but don't do everything for them, and don't take away that last bit of independence that they might have. Number eight, be realistic. You might feel like a superhero sometimes, but you're not one. Learn to limit, learn your limits and stick to them. Don't spread yourself too thin. Take care of yourself, but be realistic. Number nine, ask for help. Other family members and friends are probably more than happy to pitch in and help on occasion, but they may be afraid to ask. Most people are just standing by waiting for someone to tell them what they need. Don't be afraid to use other resources. I'm amazed sometimes that the people feel like, oh, I have to do all this and I have to do all that. And really, if they just asked, somebody would bring over something or do something to help them, but they don't realize that you're hurting. They don't realize that you need the help. Number 10, keep a support network. 
Don't lose your friends. It's easy to lose yourself in the needs of your loved one, but keep in touch with your own friends and other family members so that you don't lose that um, self that you have. You can become very involved with your friends and with your loved one's needs. Don't forget about that. So this week um, I gave you the 10 tips and let me go over those. Learn as much as you can about your loved one's medical condition. Number two, take some breaks. Number three, find support. Number four, be an advocate for your loved one. Number five, find a stress outlet. Number six, take care of yourself. Number seven, help, but don't do everything for them. Number eight, be realistic. Number nine, ask for help. And number 10, keep a support network. So those were the 10 caregiver things. And this week in podcast number 12 has been about caregivers. And I want you to remember that this month we're talking about caregivers this month. And I talked about it last week a little bit, but we are developing a product and we are develop. It's going to have information for caregivers. This was just a little bit of the information that I'm developing for caregivers, but I'm, it's going to be a 40 page book on things to help you to be a better caregiver and help you to understand, um, how being a caregiver can be rewarding and to do the best that you can with it. And it also is going to have the information, like I said, about aromatherapy, reflexology, craniosacral therapy, And all those things are ways that you can help your loved one or the person that you're caring for to be um, healthier and to be in better shape without medically changing things. So you're going to want to make sure the doctor knows about doing some aromatherapy or something, but the things aromatherapy you can use lotion and you can rub people's feet with lotion or you can rub it into their hands and doing that a couple times a day the body actually absorbs that um, essential oil and it goes and it helps the body it helps to ease the pains and the fears and the emotions and all those things are things that are very helpful to those to those um, people with chronic kidney disease and maybe you don't realize this but it's also helpful to you So there's tips in there for helping yourself as well as helping the loved one. And I made this offer last week and next week I will be giving you a link to the um, page where you can go to to pre-order the book. But we will have the book available in a physical product as as a physically handled book or as a download. And, um... It's going to be at about half price. I haven't decided the exact price because I'm trying to give a really good um, deal to the people who are on the podcast and the people who are willing to order it early and help me know that they're interested in it and um, be available. And those of you who help me with uh, doing a little bit of reading, you'll get uh, extra special deal. But for the people on the podcast, you're going to get a really good deal. Um So if you want to help me out with reading a section or two, uh, podcast at renaldiethq.com. And I will be offering, like I said, next week, there'll be a link to a page where you can pre-order the book for a special deal. So 
The last thing I want to say this week is to wish my husband happy 10th anniversary. Um, We'll be married for 10 years on the 15th of March. And we have two lovely children. And every day I am so happy to have such a wonderful husband that I love very much and who loves me and supports me and couldn't, couldn't be more glad that, um, God brought him into my life and, and brought us together. So he listens to the podcast. I don't know how far after the, um, I release this one, he'll listen to it, but I do want to tell him happy anniversary and I love you and I will talk to, and I love my audience too. And I look forward to talking to you guys every week. This week we went to Vegas and we celebrated for our anniversary and we went to see Tim and Faith and um, a, a uh, Cirque du Soleil show. So I will tell you more about that next week because we're coming home today and I recorded this one a little bit early. So we're coming home from Vegas today while this is being released and I will tell you about the show next week, about the shows we saw and what happened. But have a great week and I look forward to talking to you again next week about more caregiver stuff. So have a great week and um, go make sure that you're getting your kidneys checked out and tell somebody happy kidney day tomorrow. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. Head on over to the website at www.renaldiethq.com slash go slash email to sign up for our email list and get exciting updates every week on what is happening. Thanks, and we will talk to you again next week.